Sing a new song to God who has done marvelous things. Amen. Amen. It's often said that Christmas is for children. If you'd been at the five o'clock, you would have seen a lot of them. So, what are all you adults doing here? Well, maybe, <laughs> maybe it isn't just for children. Perhaps Christmas seems to be for children because they see the world and this night in a way that we adults have sometimes lost, in a way that Christmas was meant to be experienced. You know, amidst all of the holiday special programming and my annual Hallmark Christmas movie binge-watching, there is the movie Sant The Santa Claus, starring Tim Allen, who plays a character named Scott Calvin. How many of y'all seen that movie? Anybody? Okay, all right, all right. Now, Scott's an ordinary man, but he's not the best dad in the world. Anyway, he accidentally causes Santa Claus to fall from the roof on Christmas Eve. And when he and his young son finish Santa's trip and deliveries, they end up at the North Pole, where Scott learns he must become the new Santa. But first, he must believe himself. And in a conversation with one of the head elves, Judy, he says, Look, you're a nice little elf. Thanks, Judy replied. But, but this is a dream. Scott continued as he, he walked over to the balcony to peer down at the festive North Pole Town Square below. I mean, this is fabulous. Is that a polar bear directing traffic? I see it, but I don't believe it. And Judy replied, you're missing the point. What's the point, Scott asked. <coughs> Seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. Kids don't have to see this place to know that it's here. They just know. Now, to be clear, before the theological critics get a hold of me, this isn't because believing in Santa Claus and the birth of Jesus are the same. Not at all. Though the real Saint Nicholas would say that his entire life was devoted to Christ. And he would be right. And not for nothing, it was an Episcopal seminary professor and son of an Episcopal bishop who penned the original poem, A Visit from St. Nicholas, commonly known as Twas the Night Before Christmas, beloved by children everywhere. The point of this reference to Santa is to remember that this night of wonder requires something of us, something kids do naturally, but for, for we adults, it's a bit harder. Maybe that's why Jesus often reminded his disciples that they needed to change and become like little children. No, not act childishly, as we know so many adults do, but to see, hear, and experience the world as a child does. Which is why, when a week or so ago, a child of our parish came up to me and said very seriously, Mother Diana, 
I saw Jesus. Well, I paid attention. I knew in that moment, by the look in her eyes, that she had indeed seen Jesus. In fact, um, where or when this happens, well, that isn't all that important. Because it might make us adults easily dismiss what she saw by trying to explain it away, like we do. The thing is, we, we grown-ups, we need Christmas too. Perhaps now more than ever before. Because the world feels so very dark, doesn't it? Wars, shootings, hate, violence, and divisions, even among families. 2024 doesn't promise much change as we head into an election year. It can make even the most faithful person begin to doubt that God exists. Or if even so, what, what difference does it make in the scheme of things? And so on this night, we come here to be reminded of what we heard in the passage from Isaiah tonight, that a people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. And we come most of all to hear the message of the angels who proclaim the birth of Jesus in our gospel from Luke. Now, I think that's why this is the story of the birth of Jesus that's told on Christmas Eve, not the one from Matthew with the sages who follow the star. And why we hear this passage from Isaiah 2? Because it's what we most need to hear every year. And maybe that's also why the Luke text is the favorite moment for so many in that classic of Christmas specials, A Charlie Brown Christmas, too. Now, we all know that animated special, right? So it was take, removed from public television and put on, you know, pay, pay TV. Now about that speech that we all know that Linus makes, the network folks wanted it cut. Too religious, they thought. Too religious for Christmas? Good Lord! Thankfully, Charles Schultz, the creator of the cartoon, insisted it remain. And to most... It really is the heart of the entire production. And why wouldn't it be? It's the heart of the story. Our story. The one we tell this very night. Now, we heard the NRSV translation of Luke tonight, but Linus uses the King James, remembered by many adults, as being what we heard as children and another gift of our Anglican communion to the world. So when Charlie Brown was feeling unwanted, unloved, and lost, and wants to know what Christmas is all about, Linus says he can tell him. And walking to the center of the school stage, he says, Lights, please. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. 
and this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. That is what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. Now, why did Charles Schultz have Linus tell this part of the story of Christ's birth from this particular gospel account? Why not the one from Matthew about the sages and the star? Or in this gospel, why not the part about Mary giving birth or the long journey to Bethlehem and finding nowhere to stay? What about the census? Okay, that would have been boring, except maybe to statisticians. Well, perhaps, perhaps he... Like, you know, knew that when we, like Charlie Brown and so many others today, are feeling lost, feeling like God has forgotten us, feeling like we are walking in darkness and the light will never come, we most need to hear about those shepherds being the first to receive the message of the angels, the first to see the Christ child. We need to be reminded that it is to them most of all that Jesus is born. For light is most needed in darkness, is it not? Hold a lit candle in the daylight and it's barely perceivable. Hold one at night and the light shines brightly. So it is with Jesus. We will find him most easily when we are walking in darkness. We will see him most clearly when we seek him in the dark, cold fields of our world. For on this night, God responded to the darkness of humanity by becoming a part of it. The Word made flesh, dwelling among us, not to judge, not to punish, but to do one thing. Tell us that we are loved beyond measure just as we are. And to make that even more clear, the message of the angels was brought not to King Herod, not to Quirinius, good luck with that one, governor of Syria, not to the rich and powerful, but to shepherds who lived on the margins, shepherds who sat in the cold of night keeping watch, shepherds who had nothing but themselves, their hearts, to offer this new Christ child. Think about that. Think about that. God enters this world as the child of an unwed teen born in a humble setting. His birth first announced to lowly shepherds. If someone were trying to write this story for the first time today, every publishing house or film studio would reject it as being absolutely unbelievable. <laughs> Maybe that's why the network folks didn't want to include the gospel story in the show. Perhaps they thought no real God would choose to walk among us just to show us how deeply we are loved. There, there must be something more to it, something in it for God. And yet, despite it all, as the epistle heard tonight proclaimed, the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all. 
Perhaps then, if we're really to understand Christmas, we need to see with the heart of a child. To remember that believing is seeing, not the other way around. For then we too will see Jesus in those without a home, as he and his mother were. And the undocumented immigrant, as his family was when they fled persecution into Egypt. In the poor and cold, as the shepherds. In the strangers from other lands, as the wise men. In the backwater places like Galilee, where he first called his disciples and began his ministry. In the persecuted, as he was on the cross. And we will see him standing right in front of us, yearning to be seen, hoping we might come to feel his light, wanting us to know most of all that he loves us unconditionally and for all time. A child in this parish saw Jesus the other day. Do you? Do you? Because he is born to us this night. He's born to you. He is here, just as the angels proclaimed. Jesus is born this Christmas Eve and every single night of our lives that we may know that God never gives up on us. That we may know that God loves us deeply, unconditionally, and for all time. That we, a people who walk in darkness, might see a great light, the glory of God shining brightly for us, and share that with the world. Believing is seeing. Seeing Jesus, who was born to you this very night. Glory to God in the highest, and by his light shining in us, May there be peace on earth for us all. Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry